and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger, your host for Labors in the Harvest podcast. We're so thrilled that you joined us today for this new uh, segment of our conversation with missionary evangelist Walter Stevens. This is part three. And again, if you are joining us today and you have not uh, had the opportunity to listen to parts one and two, I would encourage you to do that before you listen to this uh, particular segment. Uh, we wrap up uh, our conversation with him today, and it's kind of sad that we bring it to a conclusion. There was so much more that we could talk about. But uh, again, our time was limited with him. I want to hope that you'll enjoy uh, this part of it as you listen to how God developed the ministry uh, to the Roma people, not only in Cleveland, Ohio, but across the face of the world and what God is doing today and continues to do in the hearts and lives of people. So sit back, relax, and listen to this particular segment of Labors in the Harvest podcast. Well, welcome back to Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is your host, Kevin Folger, and we're continuing on this week our conversation with my guest, Walter Stevens. And for the last two weeks, we've been talking about his life as a part of the Roma uh, people and uh, God's working to bring him to salvation and to developing him into a, a preacher who has a desire to reach his own people. Last week, we kind of uh, left off as God brought Brother Walter and his family to Cleveland, Ohio, to begin what we call the Roma Outreach of the Cleveland Baptist Church to the gypsy population of Northeast Ohio. Walter, thank you again for being my guest today. It's my honor, Pastor. Thank you for having me. Sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, uh, that beginning. So uh, how did, it, how did it, it begin here in Cleveland as far as you reaching your own people? How, how receptive were they? How did that work? Well, by that time, God had been... Uh, letting our testimony be known amongst our people. I had said in the previous uh, interview that we had gained their ear. Now, what they came out for that first service, and by the way, we had our first service, it was the Friday after Thanksgiving of 1990. And I did that by design uh, because of the holiday week and uh, gypsies congregating for fellowship and social meetings and stuff. So God gave wisdom there. But a lot of them came out mostly, I wouldn't say mostly, but a lot of them came out just out of, they were curious, you know, uh, what had happened. We were renowned amongst our culture. I was well-known, Dolly was well-known amongst our culture and they had come out, you know, I was one of them. I it was just as much as they were, what they were doing, I was doing too, but they hadn't seen me for years. And so they came out of curiosity. Maybe they came out to see how brainwashed we were, you know, I don't know, but they came and we had a good crowd on that first service. And uh, then people began getting saved. And I remember specifically the Ronnie and Annie Miller family. I know you know them, Pat. Sure. Mm -hmm. And they ran a fortune-telling uh, parlor on St. Clair, right off the 55th on the east side of Cleveland. And they were some of the first to be saved. And uh, first to come out of fortune-telling, they started a legitimate roofing business. 
And uh, God began to bless and became pillars of that ministry. And then Brother Lawrence and, and Sister Sally Evans, Lawrence and I are distant cousins. His grandmother and my grandfather were brother and sister. But being from Southwest Ohio and then they Northeast Ohio, we didn't get to see each other much. But when we got to Cleveland, Lawrence started coming and Sally, they started singing, leading our singing. And uh, they were coming from a gypsy Pentecostal background. Uh, eternal security was the biggest hang up. And then I started teaching them on the doctrine of eternal security. And when they found out that uh, eternal security was, was the right doctrine, they wanted to turn their backs on their Pentecostal uh, connection. And so they got baptized as Baptist. And then by, eventually Lawrence answered the call and eventually became the uh, pastor of the Gypsy Outreach of Cleveland Baptist and did so for 17 years. And God just blessed. There's so many testimonies of people getting saved, their lives getting changed. You know, I, I say this about the gypsy culture. You know, we, yeah, there's still a lot of hangups and, and a lot of excess baggage in their life. But I always say to my American friends or Gaijay friends, you know, uh, it, 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 it's 2,000 years since the non-gypsies had Christianity. We've only had it less than 50 so give us some time and maybe we'll work out the kinks too, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Can, can you talk to me a little bit about um, the, the changes that God began to make in these folks' lives? Of course, they got saved. And then many of them, some of them, I'm sure it was a struggle to leave some of the old culture behind. It was. But let me tell you what the biggest obstacle is, Pastor, is uh, their fellowshipping with the non-gypsy community. Ah. If you remember, I think in our first podcast, we talked about Yes. Uh, the Nazis killing our people and those sure. walls going up and those no fraternization with the uh, with the uh, non-gypsy world unless what you had to. You had to go to right. a non-gypsy doctor right. or whatever. But I wanted to break down those barriers. And so by design, our midweek service for the gypsies was on Thursday. And that gave me opportunity to have people like you and Doc Thompson and other supporting pastors come in on Wednesday, uh, come in on a Thursday night because it wasn't your guys' uh, midweek service. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would never dictate to any of those preachers what to preach, but I would say to them, somewhere in your sermon, you let these gypsies know why you support. These are my supporters. Why mm -hmm. you support Walter Stevens and uh, the gypsy ministry? Mm -hmm. And that worked, preacher. It began to break down those walls of separation between the cultures. And now we'll even have non-gypsies attend the service from time to time. Non-gypsy speakers show up, non-gypsy uh, singers show up, and, and, and ministry and music. And that, that was important because if we're going to be part of the body of Christ, we need to break down the middle wall partition. Sure. You know, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. And, right. and God really blessed that. And now we have the, those who are uh, very active in the ministry uh, and just loving the Lord and all of God's people. And, you know, preacher, we have... Before COVID, we have gypsies who were attending even Cleveland Baptist Church, right? The regular services of sure. Cleveland Baptist. Yes, yes, yeah. It was a it was a thrill when we began to see people um, on Sunday morning or Sunday night. Um, I think sometimes Sunday night it was uh, when the, the the folks would stay over and we'd see them baptized. And of course, our folks were just thrilled to see that God had won people to Christ, and now they're being baptized into the membership of the Cleveland Baptist Church. Uh, which the Gypsy Outreach Ministry was a, uh, a very important part of, of the ministry. And we count them as dear brothers and sisters in Christ. And some of the most loving and dear people in our, our church families, when I was pastoring, were part of the, the Roma congregation. 
Yeah. You know, culture is strong. And I get think I think the, the dilemma we have is what's God given culture and what's man made culture. Mm-hmm. And so in order to be a, a gypsy, you're supposed to be a con man and a fortune teller. Well, of course, that's not God given culture. That's man made culture. Sure. But it, we, we have to give them the liberty to keep their cultural identity, but not interfering with what the local church is supposed to be. Sure. So we're not the ministries of churches here in America that have gypsy ministries. They're not gypsy churches. We're not a church within a church. Right. We're a ministry of the Cleveland right. Baptist right. Church. Exactly. If anybody gets baptized, they get baptized as members of the Cleveland Baptist Church. And uh, and so it is with the Lord's table. If the pastor gives us liberty to, to serve the Lord's table, we do it. If not, then they have to come to the regular uh, services of the church to partake of the Lord's table. And yeah. tithing is doesn't go to the gypsy ministry, goes to the local church. Right. And 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 it should be that we we have a lot of ethnic groups in America these days. We're in a transplanted world these days. Yeah, and absolutely. so the local church needs to be open to anybody who's in their Jerusalem. And I think that's what caught Doc Thompson's attention. And I think that's what caught your attention is that sure. you mean there's gypsies here, Brother Stevens? And they're in our Jerusalem. Yeah. And I'm gonna reach them for you. And mm-hmm. God bless that because it's yeah. biblical. Absolutely. Well, let's fast forward a little bit because you were at Cleveland for how long? I was there from 1990, 1997. And then I went to Miami and started the gypsy ministry right. in the Miami, Florida area. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about you and Walter uh, taking that trip to Europe for the very first time to, with the idea of finding some uh, a gypsy uh, conclave and, and beginning the work there. So let's talk a little bit about that. How'd that, how'd that fly and what, what did God do to kind of, stir that that pot well communism fell uh around the world Mm -hmm. in 1989 so uh, we're getting reports of eastern europe being open to the gospel but nobody knew what the populations were of gypsy people nobody knew of the living conditions so once those reports started to go west uh needless to say these are our people this is where we came from Mm-hmm. But we didn't know what was going on. But once we got privy to that, we felt an obligation, Brother Evans and I, that we had to go see it firsthand. And so back in those days, preacher, I don't know if you remember this, but they were, because of the Hungarian population in Cleveland, there were direct flight, flights from Cleveland Hopkins Airport to Budapest, direct. Wow. Nonstop. I, I don't remember flight. that. <laughs> but my wife yeah. says I don't remember much of anything. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, and it's because of that Hungarian population. So, we took our first trip in June of 1995, uh, and we were we were the, the county is Bihor County, the county seat of Bihor that's B I H O R is a con- town called Oradia, and so when we got to uh, Bihor County, uh, most people would have stayed in the bigger city. There were hotels there, there were restaurants there. It, it was still third world, but it, it was post communist. But we didn't want to go there. We wanted to go to where the reports of the gypsy people were coming from in the rural areas. So Brother Evans and I got there in June of 1995. We had no car. We stayed in an old broken down boarding house. Now, everybody thinks that there's gypsy villages or gypsy towns. There's no such thing. Each town or village in Romania has a parcel of land that was given to the Roma community for them always on the outskirts of town near the railroad tracks, the dumps. They would be like Indian reservations, but not that big. And under communism, they were giving government assistance. So I'm not pro-communist by any means, but they were better off under communism. When the social system fell, then they're destitute. 
So we came to the town of Dinka. It's a small, it's not a small town. There were about 5,000 people back then. And we didn't know where that parcel of land was. So as we entered the town, I spoke no Romanian, so I couldn't ask a national. But of course, I, I fourth generation gypsy, but I still speak my gypsy dialect fluent. So as we entered the town, there was a young gypsy boy gazing into a storefront window. And I walked up to him and I said to him in the gypsy language, Kaile Roma, or where are the gypsies? And Brother Evans and I were just talking about this other, the other day. Why he took us to where he took us, we don't know what was in his mind. Now, we know what God was doing, what the sovereignty of God was, but we don't know what he was thinking. But he led us clear across town. We never would have found that parcel of land on our own to a small one-room house. The house couldn't have been more than 12 by 12. And when he got to the door, he didn't knock. He just opened the door very quietly and walked in almost tiptoed. And Brother Evans and I felt we should walk in the same way. And as soon as we walked in, we saw right away why he was walking in quietly. Nobody lived in this house. This was a house where gypsies would assemble for the specific purpose of prayer. And when we walked in, there were 10 or 12 gypsies on their knees in a circle praying. That's the sovereignty of God, Pastor, that they sure. were praying at the same time. Not, they don't live there. They're not praying there 24-7. But mm -hmm. at that moment, they are. They didn't know we were there. One gypsy man was praying out loud in the gypsy language. Gypsies are are bilingual all over the world. Had he prayed in Romanian, Brother Evans and I would have understood a word of his prayer. But the sovereign father had him pray in gypsy, and this was his prayer. God, send us someone. Send us someone to tell us the truth of the gospel. But we're very confused. Now, to understand that prayer, the year is 1995. In the past six years since communism fell, every cult and his brothers coming from the West confusing these primitive people, mm. telling that they eat pork, they can't go to heaven, if they don't go to church on Saturday or don't speak in tongues, they can't go to heaven. So he said his amen. He opened his eyes. He stood to his feet. Brother Evans and I standing, I mean, within 24 inches in front of him, said to him very boldly, in the gypsy language, mind you, we are the answer to that prayer. And so we presented the gospel to him. He knelt with several others in that room and received the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. The man that we heard praying is a man by the name of Gitsa Feketa, and you have met him, Pastor. Sure. And he is now our national pastor of several gypsy churches in Eastern Europe. And God just did a miracle then, and we praise the Lord for that. Well, we call that an Acts 8 moment, right? When uh, That's Philip exactly was led right. in the desert because God was working in the life of an Ethiopian eunuch who needed Christ. That's right. And what That's a wonderful right. story. I, I love that story because it just talks that to me that God is still at work. If we'll just follow him when he burdens us, there's a reason he's burdening us. When he's leading yeah. us, there's a reason he's leading us. And yeah. that's exciting. The so, word of God says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. And we're not good in and of ourselves. We're good because of the Jesus that's in us and on us. But if sure. we'll, if we'll realize that God is ordering our steps and walk in the way that he tells us, then there's blessings abundantly that we couldn't even be able to describe. Well, give us a bird's eye view of, of the Roma ministry now. It, start, it started with one church in Cleveland, Ohio. Where are we now? And, and exactly, I'm not bragging on anything, or just, but just talk to me about what God has done. Well, God has done with Brother Evans now being here in Florida. He has a gypsy ministry in uh, the Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, God is blessed with our Melbourne ministry, which is on hold due to COVID. Our St. Petersburg ministry, we haven't met in a year, but most recently... Just a few weeks ago, we started a new gypsy ministry in the Orlando area. Brother Evans and I are tag teaming. And uh, that way I can still keep my itinerant preaching schedule. And so he uh, drives from 
the Fort Lauderdale area. We drive from Melbourne. And uh, of course, it's difficult. It's outdoor meetings. They're not ready to meet inside yet. But uh, God is blessing them. And of course, uh, our Eastern European ministries, God is just blessing. Our, our Pastor Paulie and his wife, Sylvia, are up to three churches in Hungary. Uh, Pastor Gitsa in Romania is up to four churches. We've had a Romanian uh, national who's not a gypsy uh, by the name of Mirce Prikop. Now, this is a big deal. These are the people that hate gypsies, but he got saved and fell in love with our people. Now he's pastoring one of our gypsy works. Wow. And then most recently is our gypsy ministry in Pakistan. Never had boots on the ground, but I've been meeting with them until COVID. Every Friday morning, I'm not their pastor because I don't believe in satellite church. Right. Uh, but I've been training the pastors, training, uh, discipling some of the people via the internet every Friday morning. We procured them their own building, praise the Lord. And they meet on Sundays and, of course, uh, their midweek service. And they have village ministries. And, I mean, this is a Muslim country. And, and this is where the gypsies came from. And so God is really blessing that in a great way, Pastor. Sure. Well, that's amazing. Well, we're going to have to wrap up here today and conclude our, our time with you, Brother Walter. Can you just, uh, you, you're sharing, you shared with me uh, as we were getting ready to uh, record that uh, you're currently writing your own uh, autobiography. Can you talk a little bit about that? I've been challenged many times by my executive director, Tim Clark, and now my wife, Simone, has challenged me. But it's, it's, almost, uh, it, it's almost a prideful thing, you know, to write your own story. But because they've influenced me, I've humbled myself and putting down on paper what God is doing with my life. And so the title of the book is A, a Gypsy Beggar Saved by Grace, The Life and Ministry of Missionary Evangelist Walter Stevens. And I started just a few weeks ago. It's going to be an 11-chapter, maybe 12-chapter book. And I'm already finishing up the eighth chapter. And I already got a, someone's going to publish it for me. And as soon as that book becomes available, I'll put it on social media. It's going to be on Amazon and some of the other uh, book websites. So it'll be available. But I'm excited about it. I want you to pray about it, Pastor. Well, I sure will. And once you publish, I want to get several copies. I'll carry them with me to my meetings sure, and have sure. them on our, our table and be sure. an encouragement to others for sure. And we sure appreciate you, you being with us Um I think maybe it's important we didn't touch on this, but could you just say a word about um, your wife Dolly passing and and just that difficult moment and what God has done in bringing a, um, giving you a, a new wife uh, as a result yes. of, of the need there? So would you just kind of touch on that? Yes, Dolly was diagnosed with cancer in 2004. Uh, they declared her cancer-free in 2009, but of course there was a rogue cell someplace and uh, the cancer metastasized to her lungs, but brought us from Europe to the States because we were coming so often for treatments and testing. And finally, uh, we sought medical condition, uh, medical help mostly in Cuyahoga County at the major hospitals there in Cleveland. And then more or less the writings on the wall, we were hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. And so we left Cleveland to just get to a nicer cli uh, climate for Dolly's home going. And so we moved uh, to Bradenton, Florida. And then finally, in July 2017, uh, Dolly succumbed to cancer. So she's healed now. Sure. And, uh, and but um, I began praying. I, well, I tried to be a widower is what I tried to do. But there's a verse in the Bible where God says it's not good that the man is alone. Sure. And so I began to pray about God bringing a godly woman into my life. But I'm an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing KJV pastor. So the field is very narrow. Sure. <laughs> so God brought a precious, precious lady 
into my life at one of my supporting churches in Melbourne, Florida. Her name is Simone. She has a gospel singing ministry. And uh, she had been working in the prisons with another independent Baptist preacher, uh, ministering to prisoners uh, uh, with the gospel. And God has just put us together and given us a blessed life and a blessed ministry. And to him be all the praise and glory and honor for it. Well, I say this with all sincerity, Brother Walter. You are one of my you know, top 10 people in my life. And I sure appreciate you, um, you know, as far as outside of my family, there are some folks that I count as dear, dear friends, and you're, you're one of them. You've always been a, a, a true and faithful friend and God has knit our hearts together almost from day yes. one. And we're yes. very, very grateful for it. And I'm glad yeah. we got to tell your story a little bit here on Labors and the yeah. Harvest podcast. And we're going to wrap up today by just uh, letting folks know that, um, that if they want to reach out to you, how would they reach you if they wanted to uh, perhaps have you in to, to share your story or to, to preach. You do missions conferences, revivals, uh, Bible conferences, one day mission emphasis, those type of things. So how, how would they reach you? I think the best way is just go to my website. It's gypsy77.com. That's G-Y-P-S-I-E-S 77.com. That's my personal website. Uh, Roma Outreach Missions Association has their own website, but just go to the gypsies 77 dot com and all my contact information is there wonderful well folks thank you for being a part of today's labors in the harvest podcast we're thrilled that you've joined us please let others know about about this podcast and we'll look forward to uh having a visit next week with another guest who's a labor in the lord's harvest thanks so much and have a great day well i've enjoyed the last three weeks as i've had the opportunity to have this conversation with brother walter stevens and i'm thrilled with what god is doing in his life and through his life across the face of this world as he's taken these steps to be obedient to the lord I want to encourage all of our listeners to be involved in a local church. Uh, if you're a pastor, uh, encourage your folks to get involved. If you're not a pastor, encourage your pastor by getting involved. We can all be laborers for the Lord in his harvest. Well, I hope that you'll join us again next week when we pick up a new conversation with another guest, uh, those who are laboring for the Lord in his harvest. We're so grateful that you joined us today. This is Kevin Folger saying, have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.